welcome back to Challenge the Call of Max and Avery. I'm your host, Max. And I am Avery, and this is Liam. Liam's going to be uh, doing the voiceover for Avery today on the episode. That's why he's behind him there. But <laughs> So uh, hopefully everyone had a good Christmas and everything. Avery, how'd your guys' Christmas go? Oh, man, it was good. He got everything he ever wanted, probably, and more. He got 40 gifts, at least. Um, my house is full of gifts right now, so that's fun times. But it was a good Christmas, man. Um, I was sick for all of Christmas Eve. Like, I felt like I wanted to die on Christmas Eve. That's how sick I was. Like, I just wanted to lay in bed, and then the wife drugged me to her, the in-law's house, and I was miserable all night, just sitting there, sick. Hopefully, they're not listening. But, yeah, like, it say, wasn't being there. It was just yeah, me no. being sick. And when you say all night, you mean all night because they open gifts at midnight Christmas yeah, Eve. which is rough. Which is rough because, like, we didn't leave there until 1.30, and that meant we didn't get him to bed till 2, which means I didn't get to bed till 2.30. And on top of being sick, rough. So Christmas Day was rough for me. I worked yesterday on the 26th, and then today I woke up and I feel better. I'm still congested, but I, I'm here. I'm here. I think I'm finally over it. Making it work. How was your Christmas? <laughs> It wasn't too bad. Um, the 23rd, so a couple days before, went over to my cousin's house for lunch, watched my little, what, whatever you call them, second cousins, cousins once removed, whatever the technical term is for my cousin's kids. Uh, watched them open all their gifts. There's five of them, so that was a good time. Christmas Eve, just dinner at home. Uh, saw some of my other family. I actually went down to the Legion with nice. uh, dad's side of the family. So had some drinks at the Legion, just did dinner at home, opened some of my gifts. And then Christmas morning, had breakfast and came back here and watched football all day. So nice. that was that was my Christmas day. It was just game after game after game. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, to be honest, usually every Christmas I get to watch a decent amount of football. I, I, but I watched the Bears game and I watched like three other games and that was it all weekend. And so like you're definitely going to know a lot more than I do today on this podcast. Right. If my memory if my memory holds and I remember what I saw, I definitely I definitely watched a good chunk of the games that we have up here on the slate. But that being said, we'll go ahead and get into our episode. We're going to start off with a little bit of sports news. First thing is sports news we have up today. Um, little NBA action coming at you. The Detroit Pistons just <laughs> broke the record for the longest losing streak um, going 0-27. That's crazy. Yeah, so the Detroit Pistons, they started the year off 2-1. and one, And then since, they've lost 27 straight. And it's kind of weird because Detroit Pistons used to be that Detroit team or that Michigan team that wasn't bad. That would sneak into the playoffs here and there periodically. Did they crumble as a franchise so the Lions and the Wolverines could succeed? <laughs> they had to pool the best athletes and stick them, stick them in the NFL instead of being in the NBA. <laughs> no kidding, but yeah, um, they might not win another game this year. They look bad. And the way basketball goes, that's extra surprising because, yeah. like, it's easy, or I don't want to say easy per se, but in basketball, there's a lot more like winning and losing for good and bad teams compared to like football, you know, like football, how many teams go undefeated for a decent chunk, maybe lose a game or two, or how many teams like don't win a single game and then finally win one or two and basketball. Some of the best teams still have like 10 losses sometimes, you know, right. just it's, it's hard to consistently win back to back to back to back to back games like that. 
when they're playing all the time. And so to not win a single one after 27 matchups, that's just kind of, that's crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. And so hopefully they can pull off a string of wins, but they're looking at having the first pick, which maybe they can bring in some guy that's looking solid, but I haven't even watched college basketball like that. So I don't even know who that number one guy is right now. I've watched one college bat. I've watched one half of a college <laughs> basketball game. And that was Iowa against UMBC a week or two ago. So, um, yeah, I can't say I much know that either. I can tell you that that player is definitely not on Iowa's roster anywhere. Right. <laughs> but, Liam, what do you think about the Detroit Pistons? Yeah, they're Garbo. Yeah, yeah that's what he said. He doesn't yeah. like them either. He doesn't fuck with them. Yeah. <laughs> um, other, other standings, just give you guys a little update here. Go ahead. And uh, the Kings moved back a couple spots in the West. That's a big sad. But I think they also moved back because it looks like they've played one less game than the Clippers yeah. and the Mavericks who passed them. So, you know, I think if they play another game and win it, I think they jump back up to four, hopefully. Nuggets, number two still in the West, right behind the Timberwolves. So, Go Nuggets. There's a really good team. And like I said, they got 10 losses right now. Just it's hard to win. And then the Boston Celtics are number one in the East and your Milwaukee Bucks are number two in the East. So So, we're we're doing pretty good basketball wise. Why do we focus on football so much? So, you know, what's crazy is, and we'll get into these Christmas games for the NFL, but a few years ago, Christmas used to be basketball oriented. It used to be like basketball's national holiday because like, NFL had Christmas or Thanksgiving, and now NFL's like, no, no, no. We people will watch NFL games on Christmas, and I've been coaching on their turf. Yeah, and so I feel bad for the NBA in a way because like they always schedule these major games on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and now nobody really watches them because NFL in the United States reigns supreme. Which well, is crazy. I did. I did watch the Nuggets game on Christmas. I actually utilized the YouTube TV uh, quad box, and I had the there Nuggets over here, and the I think it was the Chiefs at the time. I don't yeah. remember how how it matched up exactly if it was the Chiefs game or the second game after that. But I had them both on for a chunk there. I was I was watching both because I saw the Nuggets were on, and I was like, oh, yeah, let's let's give them a watch. But um, our teams, our basketball teams that we support. Are just they're doing so well. Why why are we so involved with the Bears just doing garbage when our basketball teams are over here thriving right now? Because we we love the Bears, unfortunately. Um, like that's our first love. Like you always keep going back to the Bears or the Iowa Hawkeyes because that's your true number one love. I mean, the way I look at basketball, it's kind of your side piece. It's just like, yeah, well, I like them occasionally. I'll watch them if anything's – but, yeah. That, basketball is something you watch when there's no football on. Exactly. <laughs> well, that being said, let's go ahead and move into some football here. We've had a couple of bowl game matchups come at you. Uh, a couple of them I kind of wanted to touch on. I watched both of these to some degree at least. Uh, Northwestern versus Utah. Uh, very typical Big Ten West game, you know, very low scoring kind of defensive game. Northwestern ended up winning it 14 to seven. Uh, It was like seven to zero for the longest time too. So those touchdowns came a little later in the game. Um, Utah didn't look great. Northwestern didn't look bad. Bowl games are always so weird though, because you know, like Utah didn't have Cam Rising or like their starter and stuff in, he's hurt. And I don't even know if Northwestern had their true from the season starters in. 
But uh, I will say Big Ten is 2-0 in bowl matchups right now. So hopefully Big Ten will make a clean sweep of all their bowl games. For sure. Um, I want to highlight David Braun, though, uh, Northwestern's head coach. This is his first time ever coaching as a head coach anywhere. Like, he was Northern Iowa's uh, cornerback coach yeah. four years ago. Four years this ago. Isn't, this isn't even his first time, like, head coaching. This is, like, his first year right. of being in FBS football. Like, yeah. <laughs> and especially with all the controversy that they had going on with Ryan, Fitz, uh, yeah, Ryan Fitzgerald and everything. Yeah. Pat Fitzgerald, my bad. Pat Fitzgerald and everything with uh, the bullying and the hazing controversy in the offseason. They still went out and they went eight and five in the Big Ten, which is impressive. No, like, yeah, I, I think I said special. it. I think I said it on the pod earlier. I was when Iowa played them, I was like I uh spoke very, very poorly of Northwestern. And so watching them in a bowl game last week, I was kinda like Northwestern's eight and five. Like what? <laughs> like what team is this? I didn't like. I thought they were the worst in the West. Like what's happening right now? But uh, my my talent radar was a little bit off right there because they actually were didn't have too bad of a season early. Yeah, not too bad at all. So mad props to Dave Brown, uh, Braun, because he's doing big things at Northwestern. Hopefully, he can continue it. I think he'll be able to too. He he was the man they initially moved up to interim head coach when Pat Fitzgerald got fired and then they actually decided to keep him on because he was doing so well. So congrats to him. Hopefully, hopefully he can make some stuff happen there. I don't want him to be too much better. So uh, I don't want him beating Iowa out every year or anything, but you know, a big win like that over Utah is go big 10. I I support big 10. Another big 10 matchup that I watched just yesterday, Minnesota versus Bowling Green. Um, This one, I don't know why felt somewhat embarrassing to me. First of all, Minnesota was a five and seven seven team. That's right. So how do you even get a bowl game? Don't you got to win six games to get a bowl game? Like, so technically, yes, but technically no college football. If there's not enough six and six teams out there, they'll throw a five and seven, the best five and seven team in the bulls. And the thing I hate about this though, is that, there was a six and six team that got left out of bowl games this year. The Army, that? Army, Black Knights, oh. uh, but they played two FCS schools, so only one of them counted. So technically, they did not get; they were not bowl eligible because they were also five and seven, tech or five and six technically. But they were six and six, which is frustrating to me because, like, I think FCS schools should count in a way. Which- which FCS schools did they play? That would be a big because um, if they were playing like South Dakota State or Montana <laughs> State or something, you know, like if they were playing one of the teams that was in like the playoff tournament or like made it a ways in the playoff tournament, then I think that would should be perceived as a lot more respectful than if they just played like a, you know, <clears throat> some nobody. So they played Delaware State and Holy Cross. Holy Cross and is good. Holy Cross is good, and so is Delaware State. So, like, I think both of those two schools should have counted as, like, and they beat, they smoked Delaware State 57-0, and Holy Cross, they beat 17-14. to So, I feel like, in a way, but they did beat, like, they, they beat Colorado State. They beat Navy. Like, they beat Air Force, the 25th-ranked uh, Air Force, 23-3. Uh, to I think they should have been in this bowl game. 
the Army Black Knights probably should have been in this bowl game. I don't know why they put Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota did pull it off, so they did show that they kind of deserve to be in a bowl game. Yeah, but, 30, 30 to 24 against a Mac school. That, yeah. Like, yeah, take take that as you will. That to me, that this is what I find embarrassing about this game is like big Big Ten West going up against little Mac school and like barely pulls yeah. out that duh. and it's like cool. Yeah, we're we're two two and zero oh in bowl games in the Big Ten right now, but still, just I this was like a matchup that I was kind of like, would you even want? to be in that game. Like, that's not a respectful matchup in my head. I would, I would have, if this was Iowa going into a situation like that, I would have been like, really? That's who right. you're putting us with. So there's a fun statistic with Big Ten West schools in bowl games since 2019. Uh, Iowa, Wisconsin, uh, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Northwestern are 18-2 and two in bowl games since 2019. Those four schools are – 18 and 2 in bowl games and then you throw Nebraska in there they're still 18 and 2 in bowl games since 2019. <laughs> that just means Nebraska hasn't been in a bowl game since 2019. For, for a second for a second I was like, "Oh, why don't you include Nebraska in the and then I realized what you said. It was like yeah. 18 to Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 18 and 2. Now, here's my question. Who are the two losses? One of them is Iowa Kentucky, right? Yeah, that was 2019 or 2020, whatever year it was. Yep. And then I and think then the, the other one, one was uh, uh, I don't know what the other loss was. It's that's regardless. Iowa yeah. having one of those losses is like ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but hey, the Big Ten West in the uh, bowl games are representing kinda in a way. Eighteen that and two. Great. That's not bad. I mean, even a 30 to 24 loss or win against Bowling Green, I mean, it's still a win. Yeah, hey, a win is a win, right? Like, we'll take it, whatever. Um, also, I just realized what I said a little bit. I was like, go Big Ten. I want to see you sweep the bowl games. Uh, that means Michigan wins it all this year. <laughs> I don't like, well, no. Well, yeah, technically. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> in a weird world, Washington could win it all, technically. And they're, Big Ten. Uh, but officially, I feel like the title would still be under Pac-12. Pac-12. You know? Yeah. So. That's kind of what I'm thinking, too. But to each their own, the Big Ten's kind of holding their own right now. And Definitely. so at least they're still holding their own, even if it's barely. But they're holding their own. They're holding their own. We will, we'll talk more about the Iowa game matchup against Tennessee down in Orlando uh, either on our next episode or the episode after. They play on New Year's Day, so probably our next episode. Yeah. Um, but anyway, moving on from that, we'll go ahead and get into a little NFL action going on here. All right. Uh, so the Bears played the Cardinals. They did win it 27 to 16. I'm not going to lie. I watched this game, but I didn't pay like super, super close attention to this game because Dolphins Cowboys was also on. And I was also pretty heavily invested in Dolphins Cowboys. Yeah, I was I was heavily invested in my Bears. I always will be. Bears game's on. That's number one. Um, Justin looked great. I mean, he had one pick in the game. I mean, but it wasn't even – that was just a hell of a play by the defender. Like, that ball was out of reach. Like, for any other defender, nine out of ten times, that was not going to be a pick. But it was in the end zone, and he made a hell of a play. Like So, I mean, he threw – 170 yards, one TD, and one interception. But Justin also had 97 yards rushing. We had, like, the perfect Justin Fields game. 
Like he was making plays out of the pocket. He was running for what he could. He was taking what the defense gave him. He was sliding. He was throwing the ball away if it wasn't there. That touchdown to Mercedes Lewis, which he also, Mercedes Lewis, also uh, broke his own record for um, the oldest player to score a touchdown in the season. So he's 39 years old, 39, and he scored another touchdown this year. And so he just, ageless wonder at tight end right there is Mercedes Lewis. How Um, old was uh, um, Larry Fitzgerald when he ended up retiring? (laughs) Or when was his last touchdown, I guess, would be better. 38. Yeah. So it's uh, it's impressive seeing Mercedes Lewis. Cole Komet had a damn good game, and he didn't even play in the second half, like because he was hurt. DJ Moore went out hurt in this game, and so like we had a lot of injuries occur during this game, but we still held our own. I mean, Kyler Murray for the Cardinals didn't look great. Um, the Bears are rolling, man. Like I mean, I know we lost a heartbreaker to the Browns, and we're probably not making the playoffs because the Browns game was probably the one that we. We but, have a less than 1% chance, according yeah. to the um, predictor. We have a less than 1% chance to make playoffs. But we're one away from what Vegas told us. They said six and a half. We're one game away. We win one of these last two games. We uh, broke the over-under for yeah. what Vegas told us this year, and that's all we wanted. Like In the beginning of the year, you go back to our pod, that's all we really wanted was to go over what Hit Vegas the over. said. Hit the over. And we're seven and if we win against the Falcons this week, we're seven and ten. Or if we win against Green Bay, we're seven and ten. Or if we win both, we're eight and nine. And that's more than you could expect from the Chicago Bears from a team that won three games last year. Yep. Like and eight and nine would be close enough to five hundred. Like I always say, my number one ultimate goal in anything is to just at least be five hundred. You know, be a nice middle ground team, whatever. So eight and nine, you know. Eh, you're pretty dang close. You're kind of right there. You're one game away from being like perfect nine and nine. Like I can accept that. That'd be, that's a good season. Considering mm-hmm. how this season started for us. I think we, we turned shit into bronze. You know what I mean? We did. We did. Like we started Oh, and four at one point. And now we're seven. We are potentially seven and 10. Like that's, that's a good year. That's, that's a good year. Like starting 0 and 4, because what's that's four and three in your last like 10 games. Like that's good. Or like four and yeah, four and three or five and three. I don't know. Uh, math's hard right now. Math. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. And then Khalil Herbert had a career day, 112 yards on the ground, one TD. He looked amazing. DJ Moore looked good until he got hurt. I love where the bears are going right now. Like I hate to say it, but like, there's still this so much fucking controversy on Caleb Williams coming to Chicago. And we're going to be talking about this probably every podcast until the draft happens. Yeah. I want to keep Justin Fields. Like, I, I do too. He, the, his performance as of late has been much more on point with a starting NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no need for Caleb Williams. Like I, we don't need him right now. If you want to grab him, sure. Go grab him, but sit his ass under Justin. Like yeah. you better not be playing right away. Even even grabbing him, that's just too much controversy, I feel like, in Chicago's. That makes Justin always worrying about his job. If anything, go grab a quarterback in the second round. Like, that's my mindset. Go grab a quarterback in the second round. If you really feel like Justin might not be the guy, go grab one in the late first or early second round. Because at this stage, Justin's performing. He's 
finally he hasn't fumbled in two weeks. I know that's kind of an embarrassing stat, but he hasn't. Like in that one turnover today or that against the Cardinals, it was like amazing play by the defender. Like he really made, like he played mistake-free football all game. And so like I think he's definitely progressed since he came back from his thumb injury and prior because he had two weeks that he threw four TDs back-to-back. He's looked really good. He is starting to turn that corner, and I think that's exactly where we've wanted to be this whole time. We were expecting him to do it so, so quick. Like, we wanted him to be the typical, you know, Joe Burrow winning the Super Bowl in his second rookie year or second, just second season, you know. We're going and that's, that's, just not, that's just not how it goes, you know. Like, you, I know you said it. We were talking about it earlier. But, like, we get this fantasy in our heads of the quarterbacks that just – come in and succeed like even even after one year like sure everyone comes in has a bad first year Peyton Manning Joe Burrow bunch of others but more often than not it takes more than just that one year to actually settle in and be like a long-term Aaron Rodgers type of guy well and yeah uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because like we got spoiled with Patrick Mahomes Josh Allen Joe Burrow those three quarterbacks came into the NFL and they just performed after their first year and they took off. But there's more often than not, there's more quarterbacks like Alex Smith, uh, Jay Cutler, like Derek Carr, like these type of quarterbacks that take three to four years to start getting going and start learning the NFL game. Even if Justin played at Ohio State, one of the best college football programs in the nation, it doesn't matter. It's still a different ball game than the Big Ten. It's still a different ball game than facing a couple of SEC schools. Like it takes time to build that confidence, to understand how to learn and read a defense and then go out and perform on a daily basis. And that's what we're starting to see Justin Fields. Justin Fields is now officially 11 and 27 as a starting quarterback in the NFL, which is not great, but like halfway through the year when it was like Justin Fields isn't the guy, he was seven and 26. So, I mean, four and one stretch in the last five games. One to two more years or one to two more seasons, and you could easily see that starting to level out to 500. Like, no, no problems. Yeah. And it's just the deck that he got dealt. Chicago was in disarray. Like, Ryan Poles and Matt Nagy, Mitch Trubisky, all three of those players are those coaches and that player. They fucked up the organization really badly. Like, they fucked it up really badly. And here we are. We, he had to start from ground zero. We had no defense. We had no playmakers. We had no offensive line. We have a defense. We have playmakers. And guess what? We're seeing Justin Fields, what he can do under playmakers and a defense. Well, and that's a good point to mention with comparing him to Josh Allen, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. Look at the three situations that those guys went into like under Andy Reid with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey on the Chiefs or under the Bills organization with the guys that they have and right. with the Bengals who arguably the Bengals had a lot more to build up, especially with the O-line from that first year, but still got some O-linemen in and boom, instant success. Now look at where Justin Fields was thrown into. And like you said, that is like a crisis organization. Like they didn't have any big name guys, really. The coaching staff has changed every fucking season for them, practically. Yeah. Like, and it will again. 
Like, and it will again, maybe not Matt Eberflus, but at least Luke Getze, it's going to change again. Like, I think Eberflus, <laughs> if he wins one more game, he's safe for next year. I truly think Eberflus is officially safe being a Chicago Bears if he beats the Falcons or Green Bay. Better yet, if he loses to the Falcons and still beats Green Bay, he's definitely safe. I think Probably. he's – Definitely. But the other thing with that too would be, is he going to stay – on the defensive side of the ball and work on that operation? Or is he going to try to do the same maneuver? Like he'll bring in a DC and try to do the same maneuver. Like, all right, I'm going to be an offensive guy. Cause if I that's mean, the case next year is not going to be what the end of this year has been. Right. Well, and then going back to what you were saying with like Patrick Mahomes, he came into an AFC championship team. Like Alex Smith, had the uh, Chiefs knocking on the door of the Super Bowl, and they plugged and played with Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen, Tyrod Taylor, he had the Bills ready to go in the playoffs. Even the Bengals, they were one year removed with Andy Dalton in the playoffs. So those three quarterbacks, they got three great situations. Chicago, he came in. Yeah, we were three, two years removed from the playoffs, but you could say that was just the Chicago Bears' defense at that point. And they were getting older and older and older. They were living off that 2018. And people love to compare Mitch Trubisky's 2018 year to Justin Fields. And, like, they put, like, stats next to each other of both quarterbacks. And, like, yeah, Mitch's wins definitely total out a lot more than Justin Fields. But you can't tell me. If you sorry, I got a little baby going crazy. Uh, you can't tell me that if the Bears, if the Bears had Justin Fields in 2018, we wouldn't have went farther. Oh, I guarantee you, we would have went farther than what Mitch took us. Definitely, no, no doubt in that. But uh, speaking of, you know, Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, all these guys, let's get into some of these other games that we had uh, this weekend and go from there. Yeah. Biggest thing I wanted to touch on initially is there were a lot of really close games uh, this weekend. We had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different one score games. Most of them being three points or less. I think there was a game or two that came out to six to eight point of a differential, but most of them three or less Uh, just crazy football weekend. Some of the shocking ones to me, bills versus chargers, 24 to 22 bills. Um, we were very confident about the Bills winning this game when we were doing our predictions. And to our credit, we were right. But holy shit, almost not. <laughs> Dude, okay. So I think it has something to do with interim coaches. When an interim coach comes in, it gives a spark to an organization. It really does. Like interim coach, it's a change of guard, you know? So that team plays a little harder for that interim coach than they were playing for that actual coach. Because you saw that defense of the Chargers looked really good. Easton Stick didn't look bad. He had uh, 215 yards, one TD. I was hoping he was going to look bad because I'm still waiting on Max Duggan to – Hop in there I, this year. After after we had just said we wanted Max Duggan coming in at the end of this game, if not the next game, I checked the score and I was like, oh, I doubt that's going to happen now. Right. But, yeah, 24-22, man. Well, the Chargers are officially eliminated now. But the Bills, something Josh Allen's starting to do is he's managing the game. And that's something we've never seen from Josh Allen. Like, it's usually boom or bust. 
with Josh Allen, but he's starting to put it all together as the NFL quarterback. He's he starting mean- to get that consistency to him, yes. which is the one thing at the very beginning of the season I kept ripping on Josh Allen for was he is not consistent. That's why I never felt comfortable picking the Bills in a matchup up until this point. Um, he's starting to get that consistency a little bit. He's starting to play smart football and not just trying to make plays every down and turning the ball over a million times doing so. Yeah. And the thing is, like, he is starting to look good. The Bills are getting hot at the right time. And they beat Dallas last week. They beat the Chargers. The Bills are going to the playoffs. I guarantee it that the Bills have a good shot at even winning the AFC East at this point. 88% chance they go to the playoffs. Yeah, that's impressive. Like, Buffalo, like, I think, because we all thought Bills were going to miss the playoffs. We thought they were dead in the water. At one point, they they were seven. Yeah, they were what seven and six at one point, or no, six and six at one point. Yeah, six and six at one point. They've rattled off three wins in a row, and they're nine and six now. Like that, I think they're going to the playoffs, dude. For real, kudos to them. Uh, next game, kind of a toilet bowl, honestly. But uh, Jets versus Commanders, two point game. Jets won it thirty to twenty eight. Um, that has to be the most points the Jets have scored all season, right? Like, there's no yeah. way the Jets have ever come close to 30 <laughs> this season uh, before this game. So, props to them. But Trevor Jets, Simpson looked good. Yeah, yeah. There was there was no uh, Zach, Zach Wilson, so Trevor Simeon was in. And what is it with seeing these backup quarterbacks go with, like these long term backups popping in and then just like winning games? Like, oh, you should have been using me all along, like. It's the backup quarterback mentality. Like, they go in, they can perform for two or three games, and then they turn back into a pumpkin. And that's kind of what it is. Like, they, there's a reason they're a backup quarterback, because they have all the talent in the world. They can't, they're in the NFL for a reason. They sure. made it to the NFL for a reason. They know how to play football. They just can't do it for long stints. It's the same thing that we talk about Jameis Winston. Like, he just can't do it for long stints, but one game he'll give you a great game he'll look like prime tom brady for one game but then the next game he's gonna go out and throw four picks and that's similar to that backup quarterback mentality um, well well it'll be curious to see how the jets do next week with him then because zach wilson is still gonna be out speaking of the um commanders though they benched sam howell this yeah the jacoby Brissett came in and he looked good Jacoby looked really good, and that's that backup. He's a long-term backup quarterback that's been in the league forever as a backup, and he came out 10 for 13 and 100 yards and one TD. He brought the commanders back. Like, the commanders were dead in the water, and they brought him back, and oh, yeah. I thought the commanders were going to win this game. But but uh, Jets won per me, so congrats to myself. <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, next game, Lions versus Viking, little NFC North matchup. Uh, Lions did end up winning it 30 to 24. Also a very close game, a lot closer than I was expecting. I know we were both heavy on the Lions and to our credit, once again, Lions did win, but it still just wasn't as clean as a win as I think we were expecting. The Lions are still trying to get their footing back from losing a couple and but they're back. I think they're back. I think they're back, and they're playing Dallas next week. And that's gonna That'll be a, be a really matchup. good game. That's gonna that's be a gonna playoff be... matchup. Yeah. Um, thing is, Jared Goff he did nothing to win this game, but he did nothing to lose this game. He managed the game perfectly. Game manager David Montgomery had a good game. 
I love that from David. Um, the thing with the Vikings, yeah, they benched Josh Dobbs a few weeks ago. They're rolling with Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins is a weird backup quarterback because we talk about gunslingers and starting quarterbacks like Josh Allen and stuff. Nick Mullins is literally a backup gunslinger. And I don't know if that's a good trait to have as a backup quarterback because he'll, he can make some great throws. Like Nick Mullins, there's a couple of throws you're like, wow, this guy has a lot of talent in the world. But he also he threw two TDs and 300 yards, but he also threw four picks. Yeah. And that's I, gonna- think, I think very poorly of Nick Mullins a lot, mostly because I remember back on that 49ers team when it was him versus C.J. Beathard. And I feel like more often than not, he got the nod as the starting guy. And looked awful. Like, God damn it, put our Iowa boy CJ Beathard in. He's way better than this clown. Like, get yeah. him out of there. So just because solely because of that, like I have not high thoughts of Nick Mullen whatsoever. But the Lions did clinch the NFC North. They, they are did. NFC North champions since the first time since 1993. 30 years. It took 30 years for the Detroit Lions to win the NFC North, and they officially did it. Big things are happening in Michigan besides the Detroit Pistons. But as we alluded to. Oh, and the Michigan Wolverines. Well, yeah, and the Wolverines are there. <laughs> so, like, big things are happening in Detroit and in Michigan right now because, like, the Lions are great. Uh, Michigan Wolverines are great. They got to be so happy. Like that fan base, that's Wolverine fans and Lions fans. I'm sure. I'm sure that that state is just having a great time right now. Um, speaking of the NFC North, Packers versus Panthers once again, Woo. super close game. Packers thirty three, Panthers thirty. Um, is that the most the Panthers have scored this season? I don't know. Let me look. They might have scored thirty or like just over thirty another time or two. I can't remember, but um. Packers did win as expected, but I mean, I just keep saying it over and over, like such a battle. And I don't know if it's the time of the year for these guys that everyone, whether they're in or out or have a great chance or have really low chances, but everyone seems like they're just absolutely battling right now to get the nod for the playoffs. Yeah. So that's the most uh, that the Panthers have scored all year. Um, Bryce Young looked good. He, uh, 312 yards, two TDs, zero interceptions. He finally, that was Bryce Young coming out game. Like he struggled all year and he finally came out and he looked really good. Jordan loved, he managed the game perfectly fine. But at the same time, like they gave up 30 points to the Panthers. Like that's scary. That's question marks for Green Bay. Green Bay is probably not going to make the playoffs this year. And the more I see Green Bay play this year, the better shot I think the Chicago Bears have at beating them in Week 18. Oh, yeah. I think the Bears could easily take them. Uh, they have a 27% chance at making yeah. playoffs, Green Bay. Um, no, yeah. I, I think the Bears should have a really good chance. I mean, if the Panthers can put up 30 on their defense, Justin Fields and DJ Moore and Cole Komet and – uh, Foreman, they should all have a heyday with I think just so like running all over that field. I, I sh- would think we could expect really, really good things coming out of this game. Um, next matchup, we got Seahawks versus Titans. Not quite as high scoring, but once again, Seahawks pulled it off 20 to 17. So uh-huh. yet another three-point game. 
Um, Seahawks really putting it together lately. Past past two or three games, they've been pulling out some wins that like they're they're fighting. They got a sixty nine percent chance of making it right now, and they are doing absolutely everything in their power to make sure that they stay there. And Geno Smith's back. Like he looked good. Like Geno looked really good. Um, I'm glad that he finally because he's been fighting this injury all year long. And I'm glad that Geno's finally took the time and like, okay, sit me one game. Just sit me one game. I'll figure it out. Not even to mention, but like the game that he sat and Drew Locke went in, Drew Locke fucking won him that game. So like they didn't even hurt anything by sitting him. So I think that's impressive to each, like that Geno Smith came out and he performed well. And I think Geno's back. Like I think Geno's back right for the playoffs. I love Geno Smith. Like a lot of people don't like Geno Smith, but like just the way his career was dead two years ago and then him coming back and performing to a high volume, like it's just so impressive to see him like be on a winning organization in Seattle. I love Definitely. I, I've been enjoying it too. I have him as a fantasy quarterback, so I've been rooting for him all season a little bit. But um, getting into our next game, big, big matchup here. I know we talked tons about this one. Dolphins versus Cowboys. Two-point game. Once again, super, super close. I don't even know if you can call it the Fraud Bowl, just the way it was played. Like, Dolphins 22 to the Cowboys 20. Dolphins got the two-point nod. Uh, this was a hell of a fucking game to watch. I, Like I said, I was paying very close attention to this one during the Bears game. I, I was back and forth. You know, I had I think I had this one on my phone, and I was at the bar. The Bears game was on the TV. Or maybe vice versa on that. Yeah, I think vice versa. Dolphins was on the TV. Bears was on the phone. But this was a hell of a game. And it, it came down tight. So I don't even know if you can necessarily call it a fraud bowl. Because I would think that if someone was a fraud, they would have got their dicks blown off. Yeah. And the thing is with this is like Tua had a great game. Like Tua, like people. And this is another quarterback that I'm going to mention that's related to Justin Fields. People were ready to give up on Tua Tagaluma. Like before Mike McDaniels came in, people were ready to give up and move on from Tua. And here Tua is balling out two years later, and they're 11-4. and So this is one of those quarterbacks that just took a little bit more time to develop in the NFL. And he looks like a damn good quarterback now. Well, and that just goes to show you that, like you said, that was before McDaniels got there. And right. McDaniels is a hell of a football coach. That just yeah. goes to show you what a coaching staff can do for an organization or just for a quarterback in general, you know? Like, get Justin Fields someone like McDaniels that's going to use him and be smart about it and create an offense solely for Justin, and Justin's going to thrive just the same way. Yep. And then, so the Cowboys, like, I mean, I'm not saying they're dead in the water. I think they could easily come out and beat Detroit next week. They're still Um, already, they have locked down their playoff spot. So they're definitely going. So it's just a matter of how far do they go once they get there. Right. And I just, I think Dallas is the same old Dallas Cowboys, though. I think that they're going to get in the playoffs and they're going to lose in the first round like they usually do. Even if they've looked hot all year. I still think Dallas is one of those teams that, yeah, they're a playoff team, but how far are they of a playoff team? Like, how far can they go in the playoffs? That is true. Um, What if they matched up, because currently they're matched up across Tampa Bay. Ooh, Tampa Bay, man. I know you don't have them on our uh, list, but let's talk about them real quick. Tampa Bay is looking hot. 
Yeah, that was the one game that we both got wrong. Uh, Jaguars did not look good at all in that game. Tampa Bay rolled with it. Uh, we thought the Jags were taking it, but no, not even close. Um, Baker Mayfield really is doing great things down there, and I love that, you know, because I think the Browns were dumb getting rid of him. Um, I've always liked Baker to a degree, and maybe yeah. he wouldn't be having the same success with the Browns right now. I don't know, but I, I am glad that he's doing good for himself in the league. So at one point, this game was 27 to zero. At yeah. one point, this game was 27 to zero. Baker Mayfield, 26 for 35, 283 yards and two TDs. Baker what is on end? a four game win streak. It ended, how did it end? 30 11, right? 30 to 12. 30 and to 12. they benched Trevor Lawrence for CJ Beathard. CJ Beathard. And CJ Beathard came out and went 11 for 15, 94 yards and one TD. Um, and I love that because Beathard looked great. He looked good. Like the defense didn't really have anything. He's the one that scored their 12 points in the fourth quarter. Like that's awesome. Like seeing CJ come out and perform. But no, the Buccaneers, I think they're going to win the South. They're the best team in oh, the South. They, right now. At this rate, they are definitely going to win the South. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Um, speaking on Beathard, I love that Iowa has a quarterback in the NFL, like playing yeah. right now in the NFL too. Like who would have ever, ever expected that to happen? Like you're telling me Iowa sent a quarterback to the league. Nah, I don't buy it. Right. Well, and going back to kind of a little bit of that 2021 draft class, Trevor Lawrence isn't looking as great as people thought, right? Like, I mean, who is necessarily the best quarterback in that draft class now? I mean, borderline could be Justin Fields. It could give, him one, give it one more season and see where everybody stands at that point. And, yeah, I think Justin is going to be making a strong case for him being the number one in that regard. But right. um, next game, Broncos versus Patriots. Ooh, this Broncos. one, also a super, super close game. Patriots ended up one, winning it 26-23. to 23. Uh, This was a tough watch, though. This was not a close like some of the other closes were. This was a Patriots were blowing the dicks off the Broncos. And the Broncos, in the fourth quarter, Russell Wilson actually managed to bring it all the way back to tie it up. But then um, there was, what, 50 seconds left, I think. There was like somewhere around 50 seconds left on the clock. Broncos punted it away. The Patriots had to come like make a drive. And Sean Payton was taking timeouts after the Patriots ran the ball, which ultimately give them plenty of time to take it all the way into the field goal range and kick a game-winning field goal. Coaching blunder by Sean Payton, like a big coaching blunder. And you got to think, is that that two years he sat away from the game of football, like coming back and hurting him a little bit? Could, I think it could potentially be I, – I can understand taking the timeouts a little bit. I didn't like it when he was doing it, but that's because I am always like – anxious and like safe and conservative in my mindset when I'm doing things. And my first thought when he took that initial timeout was why are you helping them? Why are you giving them more time to get down the field? Take the overtime. Like y'all just did amazing in the fourth quarter. Take the fucking overtime matchup. But yeah. um, I can understand where he's coming from of, Hey, the defense has looked fairly solid all game. They've been getting three and outs this entire fourth quarter like, let's get this ball back and let's win it right here, right now. I think his eyes were just getting a little too big for – I think he got a little too honed in on that. You know, I think I think he was trying to ask for more than he was allowed to take in that regard. 
Yeah. And so a little bit with this too is I told you last week, don't be surprised if the Patriots win this game. Um, and I think it's just a Bill Belichick. Like there's rumors that he's not coming back as the Patriots head coach next year. So I believe that. why, why, why lose games for an organization that you're not going to be the head coach for better draft position does not matter for Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is still one of the best coaches ever in the yeah. NFL. And Bill Belichick still can influence a game and get his guys up for one to two, three games. And a coach still matters in the NFL. And I think that was on display today. Oh, yeah. that, that's exactly what this game was. I mean, we just said it. This game was 100% like which coach made better decisions. And at the very end of the game, like 30 seconds left, uh, Bill Belichick was making better decisions than freaking uh, Sean Payton. Sean Payton ultimately was the reason that they lost this game. So coaching comes in huge to battles like this. Um, like we've said it before, the NFL coaching just gets that much more important. In college, it comes down a little more to players. Like, you know, you, if you have the best players, you're probably going to win the most games. But in the NFL, everybody's fucking good. You know, like you got to coach and you got to win with a coach. For sure, 100%. If you hear noises in the back, it's just Liam being a crackhead. He's he's playing with his toys, so. Understandable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last one-point game that we have, Chiefs versus Raiders. Uh, would not have expected that one to be a one-point game and definitely would not expect that one was a Raiders victory 20-14 to 14 over the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs do not look good lately. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I think the dynasty is officially starting to fold. One, Travis Kelsey does not look like the same Travis Kelsey as old. He keeps dropping passes. Patrick Mahomes does not look good right now as an NFL quarterback. Um, but I think a lot more of this game has to do with a certain coach for the Las Vegas Raiders and Antonio Pierce. Um, it's that interim effect. <clears throat> Back in 2021, the Raiders fired John Gruden halfway through the year because of scandal, and they brought, uh, they brought in a special teams coordinator in Rich Bisecchio, which led the Raiders to the playoffs. He went 7-5 and five in his last 12 games, and they went to the playoffs. And um, Al Davis, or Mike Davis, Mark Davis, um, they didn't hire him. They brought in Josh McDaniels. And I think that was a big mistake. And this year, they cannot make that same mistake twice. Antonio Pierce has to be your head coach moving forward because oh. he's done so much great things with this just, Raiders defense. Just look at the past two games. Oh, my God. The past dude. two games, you're knocking off the Chiefs with a big defensive win. Like, that was a defensive win. Um, when I say it was 20-14, to 14, uh, literally – 14 of those points, stop doing that. Literally 14 of those points were scored by the defense. You know, like the offense kicked a couple of field goals. That's all the offense was able to do. But last week, that's the same offense that also put up 70 some points. So right. like if those teams, if the offense and the defense can just play a solid game like that on both phases at the same time, Raiders could easily be unstoppable. For sure. And I don't know necessarily if Aiden O'Connell is your future at quarterback because like, yeah, last week he looked really good, but this week he looked really bad. And so like, I don't necessarily know if AOC is that guy, but at the same time, like 
at least he's putting together a couple of okay performances. Like you got to take good with the bad and bad with the good. And the defense has to play complimentary football. And right now the defense is playing complimentary football and winning you games against one of the storied franchises as of late in the Kansas city's chiefs. Definitely. And to speak on the chief side of things with this too, uh, they definitely do not look the same. Patrick Mahomes doesn't look great. Not that he's not good. Like, I don't think the issue is so much of Mahomes as it is the way the Chiefs won and the reason the Chiefs had so much success was because of all the talent they had and how, like, they did some crazy things. You know, like, you want to talk about innovation or whatever. Like, the Chiefs play cute a lot. The Chiefs always play really cute. And it goes back to that, like I said, in college, when you have the players, it doesn't matter as much of what you do because your players are just better than everybody. Well, they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. Travis Kelsey is getting older and has a girlfriend who's taking away his attention apparently now. So um, the Chiefs just, they don't have those same amazing playmakers that they had. And so now some of the cute shit that they try to do, it's biting them in the butt. Like that's the reason you give up two defensive scores to the Raiders is because you're trying to be cute and you turn the ball over and they brought it back for a touchdown both times. Like, you know, play football. Yep. And we're starting to see that regression a little bit from Patrick Mahomes also. And I think a lot, we've mentioned it with Justin Fields and we mentioned it with uh, Trevor Lawrence. A lot of it's coaching, a lot of it's coaching. And yeah, he still has Andy Reid, one of the best offensive minds ever, but he's also the head coach taking control of the whole team. His go-to guy right now is Matt Nagy, and it's reflecting really, really badly right now for the Kansas City Chiefs. Like last year, he's Patrick Mahomes has thrown more interceptions. He, I think he's second in the league in interceptions right now. I don't know if you want to fact check me on that. But um, he's uh, thrown more interceptions this year than he has in his whole career. Um, yeah, it's bad because under Eric Bieniemy, like he did not throw many interceptions, and it's it's been rough. It's been a rough go at it. Definitely no. I I would say coaching comes down a ton. He's number three. Three. Um, I think is what the saying, right? So I don't know, but um, yeah, he definitely does not look as good as he did. And yeah, I think Matt Nagy is a huge portion of that. And that's kind of what we were hoping for as Bears fans, were we not? Yeah. We wanted Matt Nagy to go back, ruin the Chiefs a little bit. Because I remember it pissed me off. Like, I was very upset when he went back to the Chiefs. And I was like, oh, great. Now he's going to go back to this awesome team and have a bunch of success and all this just because he's with the Chiefs under Andy Reid. But now, not so much. Like, we kind of got what we were hoping for. Like, hey, Nagy, you suck, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Like, sorry about it, but this is happening. Yep. And, yeah, it's just – I'm actually happy that the Chiefs kind of suck right now. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, one, it's one of those age-old things. You see a team have so much success in a short time, you start to not like that team. I still and, don't like the Patriots for that reason. Yeah. That, like, when I first got in to, like, all the NFL stuff, like, you know, I was fresher. I was in college when I started really getting invested in the NFL and stuff. And at the time, Patriots were just – back to back to back with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And to this day, I still really don't like the Patriots because of it. <laughs> For sure. Well, and don't look now, but the Raiders could win the AFC West. They're in second place in the AFC West. The Raiders have a shot. The Chiefs definitely, they would have to lose out. They would have to lose the next two games. 
but the Raiders win the next two games. The Raiders win the AFC West, which four weeks ago, you would have been like, shut up. Like, no way. There's no way that the Raiders win the AFC West this year. But the Raiders are playing good football. They're playing really good football. And- the Raiders have a current 12% chance of making the playoffs. 30% if they win this next game. And the Chiefs would have to lose to the Bengals. Which, and I mean- that one could potentially happen. I, I could potentially see that being the case. And then where are they? Oh, and then they'd have to lose to the Chargers, which, I mean, interim coach effect, maybe. Right. Oh, and two, maybe. Who's the Raiders got coming up? The Raiders uh, <clears throat> next week have got the Colts and got week 18, winnable. the Broncos. Both winnable games, especially with the way they're playing. I know you don't like that Broncos, like, but both winnable games. I think the Raiders have a got uh, like a decent shot at going to the playoffs. I, I think they have a shot. We'll see going into next week. But uh, next game we'll touch on just briefly here. Not a one-score game. We're officially done with those. But we're officially into our Christmas game slate. The Chiefs was the first of our Christmas game slate. Second, Eagles versus Giants. Um, Eagles did win, as expected, but 33-25. to 25. So pretty close game. And even at that, I guess technically you could say this is a one-score game because it was only eight points away. But um, Giants gave the Eagles some spits. They did. Which uh, I was not expecting to see. The Eagles the Eagles don't look like last year's Eagles. I'll say that. They've, they've still got a solid record. They're still doing pretty good for themselves. But they, they're struggling a lot more than they ever did last season. Yeah, a lot of it has to go back to Jalen Hurts. Like, Jalen Hurts hasn't looked like himself as of lately. I mean, he'll figure it out. I have no doubt in my mind that Jalen Hurts is a good NFL quarterback. I just think it's kind of weird how, like, he's dropped off so much lately. Um, They lost four straight. Four straight. straight. Yeah. Three straight, and it almost looked like it was going to be four. It really did almost look like it was going to be four straight. But um, the Giants, they're just in disarray. Tommy DeVito, I think that storyline is officially over. He got benched in the second half for Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod came out and let him down on a touchdown drive, which he looked good. I always like Tyrod Taylor. Like, he, speaking of a long-term backup quarterback, he's one of those guys that, like, he was a starter for Buffalo for a lot of years prior to Josh Allen, and then Josh Allen came in and he lost his starting job bounced around with the Chargers and the Browns, and now he's on the Giants. Tyrod's a good backup quarterback to have, and he kept them in this game. So, Definitely. One of those guys that's just a good, solid backup that you're always lucky to have. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just had to mention that because the Eagles, man, I, I don't know if they're going to be in the Super Bowl th- coming up so. this year. They, they might. I don't, I'm not saying they won't make it to the championship, but – I'm not sure they win against probably the 49ers. But speaking of the Niners, very last game we have on our Christmas slate, 49ers versus Ravens. The Ravens did win it all, 33-19. to 19. 49ers struggled in this game. Yeah, uh, Brock Purdy did not look good. Four interceptions. He actually got benched. Well, I don't know if he it's a big thing. He got hurt. <laughs> he got hurt, but he was ready to come back in the game, and Kyle Shanahan's like, let Sam Darnold finish out this game. Yeah, um, well, because at that rate, there's no sense in throwing your potentially hurt quarterback 
back into a game that you're not winning. You have more to play for later on in the season. Like you're not going to take that risk. Like there is no sense in throwing Purdy back out there just to get hurt again or make his injury any worse for a game that, you know, like you, you lost, you've already lost this game. Also, I, I do have to clarify though, with your four interceptions that I forget if it was two or three of them, but two or three of them really weren't Brock Purdy's fault. Like, I agree. You are, like, and I'm not saying he did like terrible, but like it's still four interceptions on the stat line. I oh, it's, it's just like Justin Fields too, like last week, two interceptions when it really shouldn't have been, like yeah. against the Browns. It, it's similar, very similar to that. Like it, it should have been two interceptions throughout the game. Like at the end of the day, that's what it should have been. Um, but the, going into this game, it was Lamar Jackson versus Brock Purdy as a, a two-headed race for MVP. I think we can just say right now that Lamar Jackson is probably your NFL MVP for 2023. He is the point. number one candidate in the odds. Number two is actually Christian McCaffrey who yep. jumped Purdy. And, I mean, he played a pretty solid game. McCaffrey was probably the one one big highlight. Other Kittle had a pretty decent game too when we yeah. got a few patches there. But, um, yeah, not a great game for Purdy. I did see an interesting stat that they showed at some point during the game, though. Did you know um, it showed Purdy's matchups versus the NFC teams and AFC teams? He's only played against five AFC teams, but he had one more pick against AFC teams than he did. He had nine picks in those five games compared to, you know, 20 games against NFC teams where he threw eight. Like, That's what is it about going the AFC that you, you know, like, I mean, we said two of them weren't really his fault, but still like, that's a kind of wild stat. And it's funny because on the flip side, Lamar Jackson against NFC teams, he's 19 and two now against NFC teams. So like Lamar just beats up on NFC teams and loses the AFC teams and Brock loses the AFC teams and beats up on NFC teams. So maybe the Lamar Jackson should be the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Oh my God. Imagine that. That would, that would be, be utterly insane. That would be wild. So Lamar doesn't get his due. Like, I don't know why he doesn't get his due, but Lamar Jackson is probably the best quarterback right now compared to this year in the NFL. Like with Patrick Mahomes struggling, Josh Allen's early struggles, Joe Burrow hurt. I think Lamar Jackson is number one in the NFL right now. As I think the, I think the biggest issue right with that is that um, the style of offense that the Ravens play is a lot different from what most other teams are running. Like they they play a lot more of kind of like a running running and reading with the quarterback. All this stuff. Everyone else is so so much spread and so much throwing the ball around and like inside zone. Whereas, like, I don't know if he necessarily has the passing stats that everyone glorifies so much in the NFL to call him the bet. You know, like he's as far as passing yards, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteenth. So middle of the pack in passing yards, technically right now. So I think that's the issue you run into with that. Like it's you shouldn't be hurt because, like look at his rushing feet. yards too. yeah, yeah. You, like like you shouldn't it's, be hurt for using your feet but at the same time like that's just not what is viewed with the quarterback position you know like you're seen primarily as a passer and that's that's where you're gonna get your your big stats from 
Yeah, well, and the Ravens, they run that blueprint what the Chicago Bears need to run. Like, yes. at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields are very similar play styles. And so we're used to that. Like, we're used to seeing, okay, like 200 yards a game by Justin Fields, but he had 80 yards on the ground. That's a great day. And that's what Raven fans are used to, but the NFL isn't used to that. They're used to the Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allens, 300 yards, maybe 20 rushing yards. And that's what you get from like a prototypical NFL quarterback. But Lamar, people forget that, hey, he's a running quarterback, but he can throw the damn ball. And he looks good when he throws the ball, but he doesn't do it all the time because it's the play calling. And if you win games like that, that's fine. Like that, that's fine. You, it shouldn't discredit you as a, NFL MVP. No, like but I think, I think that's a good point you also are bringing up, though, if you win games with that. Because yeah. the Ravens are the first seed in the AFC right now. They have not been uh, the last few playoffs. They've made it to the playoffs the past three or four years, but they lost in the divisional round, the wild card round, <laughs> the divisional round, and whatever else. So, like, that's a part of it that's being overlooked, too. Because you talk about your Josh Allen, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, and Joe Burrow. Well, two of those guys have Super Bowls the past few years. One of those guys is in the AFC Championship competing for the Super Bowl. So that's another part of that struggle where it's like this style is getting overlooked a little bit. But part of that overlooking is also like you haven't played, you know, deep into the playoffs with it in a bit. Right, right. Um, Also, I kind of want to go over one. So there's only three teams and the AFC that can get the number one pick or the number one seed in the bye week in the playoffs. And right now, those three teams are, hold on a sec. The Ravens, the Dolphins, and. The Ravens, the Dolphins, and the Browns. The Browns. The Browns still have a chance to get the number one seed, and it all falls on a long-term Ravens quarterback that was replaced by Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco. Um, Give Joe Flacco his due because that man is balling out for Cleveland. I love it. I absolutely love it. I would love to see a Browns-Lions Super Bowl. It would just be like the world would close down. That would, yeah, no. You you just said that, and I was like, oh, Super Bowl? No. You would never think it in a million years, but like – the Browns are playing great football right now. They destroyed the Houston Texans, destroyed the Houston Texans, and Joe Flacco's looking great. Um, really, what I want to see is a Joe Flacco Browns versus Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, like AFC championship game. That there would be go. incredible to see. Like just to see that. So, and then that brings, I know we're running out a little bit of time, but if Joe Flacco went like won a Super Bowl this year with the Cleveland Browns, does he is he a Hall of Fame quarterback because he has two Super Bowls at that at that time? Like he won a Super Bowl with Baltimore, Probably. he won a Super Bowl with the Browns. He's got to be a Hall of Famer. Probably, you know. Yeah, right. like, I mean, I don't. You definitely could make a very strong argument for him being a Hall of Fame. I mean, he's played this long. I don't know what his total total record is, but like two Super Bowls. Yeah, you know, you got to think like, hey, that's a guy that probably deserves a little bit of credit here. Um, my favorite Super Bowl matchup, if I had to absolutely see anybody playing in this current playoff picture the way it is, I would honestly love to see a Dolphins 49ers Super Bowl. 
that that would be my that would be my like like oh yeah let's go at it let's see who's got because I mean just look at those matchups Waddle Tyree Kill uh, Tua against George Kittle Christian McCaffrey fucking Brock Brandon Ayuk even like that would just be a matchup of the stars and I think those teams would just ball out against each other in the Super Bowl. What if it was a Lions 49ers Super Bowl? Sam Laporta, David Montgomery, Jack Campbell versus George. <laughs> Iowa would be represented very well in the Super Iowa Bowl. would be represented. Speaking of that, first of all, those are both NFC teams, but I get what you said. Like, that's oh. not a realistic look. Yeah, but, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. NFC matchup. How about yeah, that? NFC, NFC championship. championship. <laughs> but um, speaking of that, um, my mom – was actually because I was at home for Christmas Christmas Eve when I was watching the Broncos Patriots game and they yeah. said Josie Jewel and my mom was kind of like Josie like I know that name or whatever and I was like he went to Iowa and she was like she's like oh that's cool like that you know Iowa or something it like has somebody in the NFL or whatever and something or other she's like are are there many Iowa players like in the NFL and I was just kind of like yeah mom. and I literally just started going off I was just like. Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, Sam Laporta, Jack Campbell, George Kittle. <laughs> Fucking just started listing them down. <laughs> she was like in she was like shocked. She's like, Iowa has that many in the NFL? I was like, yeah. Tyler Linderbaum. I said that too, because I was like Linderbaum for the Ravens. Like, I was like, Mom, there's there's quite a few of them. Yeah. I'm not saying we have the most, because obviously we don't, like some of those SEC schools do, but I just, yeah, I don't know if she expected quite the heavy uh Iowa output into the NFL. She's not a huge football person. She doesn't really know. She always, she always kind of asks me what's going on sometimes certain stuff. And I'm just like, it's very long and complicated, but <laughs> you're looking up. Uh, how many. 31 Iowa Hawkeyes are in the NFL right now. Like currently rostered. Yeah. Currently rostered. 20 of them are starters. Nice. Yeah. That's impressive. That's very impressive. It is very so, impressive. Like go Hawks. <laughs> But yeah, man, I would love to see, I don't know, and a part of me would love to see like a Lions-Rams NFC championship just to see a Jared Goff versus Matt Stafford. I mean, right now, the way it's sitting, that's going to be a wild card round matchup. Which is if, even if better. nothing changes. <laughs> but that would be cool, like just seeing that matchup in the playoffs, seeing like a Browns-Lions Super Bowl, that would be insane because the reason i think it would be insane is because neither of those teams ever have won a super bowl which which is fair which i do give you that that would be an interesting mess up from that aspect but uh that's all the time we have today we'll talk more about this and everything in our next episode as we do our typical you know go through pick teams to win and see how that changes or affects the playoffs based on what we think is going to happen but uh we will see you guys next time thanks for tuning in uh, Liam, go ahead and take it away. Liam, say goodbye. Say hello. All right. Uh, I got two words, guys. Bear down.